Hey everyone and welcome to this special edition of Risky Business recorded at Ossert's 2013 conference on the Gold Coast. I'm Patrick Gray. All of our Ossert podcasts are sponsored by Sophos, security made simple, Datacom TSS, discreet, niche, tailored, and bugcrowd.com, outsourced bug bounty programs. Big thanks to all of our sponsors for making it possible to bring you these podcasts and you can follow all of our Ossert coverage at risky.biz slash Ossert or via the RB2 RSS feed at risky.biz slash feeds. Now, some time ago, researcher Charlie Miller published some uh, interesting work uh, that showed he could take over NFC-equipped phones uh, just by holding them near a malicious RFID sticker. I mean, the the example that really hit the headlines was uh, an RFID sticker that would pop up the browser and exploit, you know, like a browser O'Day to um, give you shell. Um, But this talk uh, actually talks you through his research process, how he fuzzed the devices, what he found, uh, and how he came to realize that attacking the higher-level functions of uh, NFC functionality turned out to be the short path to victory. So here's Charlie's talk. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. So, uh, is this mic working? Right? Yeah. So thanks for the introduction. Uh, I, I do work at Twitter, um, but this talk is uh, nothing about Twitter. Is, is there someone named Ashley here? Ashley? Is that you? Hey. So, uh, I just want to say the reality of, of social media is I knew he was going to be here, right? So everyone should follow me on Twitter. All right, so, so what am I really going to talk to you about? Uh, so so this, is, this is my bio. Uh, the, the talk was, I mean, the, the introduction stole all my thunder, so, so, so what he said is still true. Uh, I'll tell you the one thing that I'm not, though. So I'm, I'm not a member of the iOS developers program. Do, do you guys... You guys know about that, so uh, I'll tell you that little story. So, so I so in, in the process of, of of finding a code signing flaw in 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 iOS devices, uh, so I had this code signing flaw, and I wanted to you know show the world that this is a problem and it should be fixed. And I knew because I have sort of a rough relationship with Apple that it that they might not take it the right way. So. I knew that if I, if I was to just tell them, hey, there's this flaw in code signing, I just knew that their response was going to be like, sure, but we would catch that in the App Store review process. So, you know, in my defense, the only way I could see to show them that, that no, you guys won't catch it is to actually put an app that, that, that you know, showed the vulnerability in, in practice. So, so anyway, so I, I put this app in the App Store, and it sat there, and, um, you know, they, of course, didn't catch it. And uh, you know it didn't it didn't hurt anyone, so it just sat there for months. And then finally, I had reported the bug to Apple a long time ago. I just didn't tell them about the app. So uh, you know, one day I was like getting interviewed by some newspaper or something, and I told them about this video I had, and it showed it showed me like download the app, and it like you know loaded Metasploit on the phone and all this sort of crazy stuff, right? And uh, I didn't realize that they posted the app, and I was out like you know running or something. And my phone starts ringing, and it's my wife. And she's like, Charlie, what have you done? I was like, nothing, you know? And she's like, Apple's calling me. She, they're desperate. They're looking for you. I was like, what the heck is going on? I had no idea what was going on. And so anyway, so Apple's like calling my wife, and uh, they, were, they were upset. So anyway, uh, so, so, so they kicked me out of the developer program for that, even though, you know, I didn't actually hack anybody. Um, and uh, for, for a year... Um, at least a year, they said. And so my year was up about three months ago. And so I, I wrote them this email. I was like, hey, you know, uh, let's be friends. It's been a year. Like, I, I went back in the developer program. 
And so uh, their response to me was uh, no response. They didn't actually answer my email. So, so, my, so I'm still sort of on a, on a ban of that. Um, but, you know, I, in my opinion, like I did it to help people. I got that bug fixed, and people know that's a problem, and they, they just don't really see it that way. Uh, Google is, is the other people that, that don't like me so much. And so, so I, did, I did the same thing with them with their thing called Bouncer, and uh, they're actually more strict, so they, they kicked me out for life. So lifetime ban from them, but I'm still here to talk to you guys. They can't stop me from doing that. All right, so what am I going to talk to you about today? So uh, I'm going to talk about NFC, so near-field communication and phones, and whether uh, that is another avenue to attack um, your phone. So uh, I don't know, like, is, is NFC really in use in Australia? Do you guys use it for anything? No? Okay. So uh, this is this technology that supposedly is, you know, we're all going to use someday, and they told me this like three years ago, and we still haven't actually used it, but... Um, you do see it occasionally in the U.S. Like you'll see it. Um, you can pay for your cab sometimes, depending on where you are. Uh, like some, sometimes you can in like the subway or something like that. So it, you see it some places, but but not as much as I sort of they, they've sort of hyped it up to be. But anyway, so I'm gonna talk to you. Oh, I'm not gonna actually talk to you about battery hacking. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna skip that, and then I'm gonna go to NFC. Uh, and then I'm gonna talk about like low level attacks of NFC and high level attacks, and um, and then hopefully some cool demos. Uh, I should explain, so the reason that it says battery hacking is, was any, did anyone come to the, the talk I gave yesterday? So I made a total rookie mistake yesterday, and I showed up jet-lagged, of course, and also I found out, like, right before my talk that it was going to be uh, 35 minutes. I thought it was an hour, so, like, I cut a bunch of slides out. And so I was like, man, I'm so stupid. And then today I showed up to my talk, and I found out it was 40 minutes, and uh, I had an hour talk again planned. So uh, I made the same mistake. So this was so I, I, I went to my backup slides, which are these, which originally contained something about battery hacking, but now they don't. So anyway, th these are my shorter slides. So so before I talk about what I did, let me talk about what other people have done, so I can explain how it's different. And I, I just met a gentleman named Nick today, who talked about NFC earlier today. So he, so I'm not doing what he did. He did uh, like sort of examining man in the middle traffic to NFC traffic to see what's going on. So so I'm not doing that. Guys at Zivello, they, they talked about, like, so Google Wallet is supposed to be the NFC um, thing to, to make payments with. So someone has shown how you can, like, brute force pin numbers for that. Um, these guys from Intrumidus Group, they figured out something, you know, reasonably recently. In Boston, you could, you could ride the subway for free, basically, with, with NFC. Um, my fare got cracked a long time ago. These guys from MWR did some other fun stuff, which I'll talk about later in, in my slide deck, I think. Um, so some some some... Stuff about like you could get like free passes to the gym, uh, but more importantly, later on they did some stuff very similar to what I'm going to talk about. And then Kyle Molner, who's a researcher out of Germany, he he did this like really clever attack where in Germany I guess you can pay for your your vending machine with NFC, and so he rigged it up to where you thought you were paying for snacks in one machine, and really the snacks would fall out of another machine where he was waiting. So uh, anyway, all all of these attacks are uh, are against like applications of NFC. So, uh, so it's not necessarily a problem with NFC itself, it's just the people who are using NFC as sort of a transport protocol have screwed it up in some manner. So what I'm going to talk about is not this stuff. It's about like, okay, here's a phone, it has an NFC chip in it. Does that mean it's, it's easier to break into than, say, my iPhone, which doesn't have an NFC chip in it? So that's what my talk is about, and my research is about. So, uh, so here, here is uh, the genocide once again. So he told you, I kind of, oh, wow, I'm like really... Screwing that up. Okay, so here we go. NFC, what is it? So basically, it's a set of uh, 
communication protocols based roughly on RFID. And there's this ISO if you want to download and, and read it and see all the, the gory details. But basically, it's, it's like a, a, it, it operates at this megahertz. And it's, the, the main thing about it is you have to be very close to something to, for it to work. And the data rate is very slow. So if you know those two things, you basically understand what NFC is. So uh, the spec says like NFC should work over like 10 centimeters, um, which you guys actually know what that means when I speak in the United States. No one knows what I'm talking about. So I have to sort of use my fingers to explain. But in reality, uh, the, the, you know, when I use it, I see the, the range really about four centimeters. So, you know, like that. So you have to be really close. And the data rates are like kilobits a second, very slow. Um, there's two ways that NFC uh, can be used. One is passive, which means I have, uh, you know, a reader, so like a phone or something. And then I have uh, a tag, right? So, so this tag is just like a sticker. Right? It's a sticker with like a little wire antenna in it. So it doesn't have a battery. It doesn't have power. Um, what happens is, uh, uh, let me see, what did I do? Okay, so what happens is the, the NFC reader generates uh, electromagnetic field that powers the, the antenna and the tag. So basically with passive, you've got you know, a passive thing that doesn't have power and an active thing that does have power. And then, um, so this is, you know, you'll see in like movie posters and stuff. And then active, or like peer-to-peer -peer is what it's also called, is when you have two uh, readers talking to each other. And there they both powered, and they can send messages to each other back and forth. And so this thing can't really do any computation, but if you put two readers together, they can. And so uh, I don't know if you guys get these commercials, but in the US we have these commercials where people, like, you know, they share photos with, by touching their phones together, right? And like during the Olympics, they were like passing the Olympic torch by touching their phones together and stuff. It's ridiculous. But anyway, that, that was examples of active. NFC. So, uh, you know, when I started talking about this and I was like, okay, I want to attack NFC, some of the things that were important to me are like, okay, well, there's this chip in the phone. When is the chip on, right? When can I talk to the chip? So, uh, it turns out that, that basically the chip is on when the screen is on. So, like, right now the screen is on, right? So the chip is on, but, like, if, if it was locked or if it was, if for older phones, the locking didn't matter, but for, for, you know, somewhat new phones, if the phone is, has to be basically unlocked and on. So you have to be more or less using the phone. You could be talking on it or whatever um, for, for it to be on. Um, so, uh, so that's one case. So you have to have the person using the phone. Like, you can't just expect to have the phone, like, in someone's purse and, and, and attack it that way. Um, there, I talked about, uh, if you're interested, find me afterwards. I'll talk about ways that you can maybe get around that by, like, sometimes... For certain phones, you can send like a text message or something, and that'll wake up the phone for a second, and then you can like try to like hit them with a tag. So I should say like, you know, my dream attack when I started doing this research was I have an evil tag, an evil piece of paper, and if I can get that near your phone, then I can I have control of your phone, right? So, um, so that that was the dream, and and so the, here are like different ways that I thought of that maybe the dream could come true. So then uh, I, I just made up these names. So one I call the subway attack. And one is, uh, is whatever I called the other one. So, um, so this is the subway tech. As you can imagine, this uh, subway car, right? Uh, and um, maybe, you know, people are, like, crammed together. And so you can imagine maybe someone having their phone out or, you know, in their pocket or something. And just you can get near enough to their phone without them really noticing to, uh, to attack it, right, if you had such an attack. And um, the, the thing about this is, I mean, it's, it's kind of unrealistic, but, but at the same time, like, you can imagine if I walk up to you with, with my evil tag, like, in my hand, and, and I get near your phone, 
and you're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, nothing, sorry. But it's too late. Like, I already attacked your phone, right? So, I mean, there's some, some realism to it. And then I'll show you an example of, you know, I wanted to know exactly how real, how, how real could it be, right? So, so I, I ran this little experiment. So I was on a, a consulting job with, with some, some, some of my coworkers. And the hotel we were staying at had NFC keys to get into the car, to the room. So I, I was like, okay, I'm going to see if I can read this guy's NFC key without him knowing. And that's sort of like what you would have to do to do the subway attack against someone's phone, right? So, uh, so, so then this is, this is my, my attempt at that. So, uh, you can see, I must point out that I, I did work for the NSA for five years, so it's like I'm a trained spy. So you guys might not be able to pull this off. But me, it's okay. So here I am. I'm subtly putting my phone behind his rear end where he keeps his key. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to read his key and then, uh, you know, and then I win the game. He doesn't know. And my friend who's, who's filming it also doesn't know. So it didn't work. In the, so I'm like, okay, I'm getting desperate. I'm going to do it out in the parking lot. So here, here I am walking along. I'm reading it. I'm like, come on, why isn't this working? Like, I'm, I'm doing this perfectly. And he, he, he doesn't notice, right? And so, uh, so I give up. It, it never read it, and I couldn't understand why. And uh, so I followed him, you know, back to his hotel, his hotel room. And then he, he grabs his, his key to his hotel out of his front pocket. <laughs> so so the, the experiment, no data was collected. I don't know if it would have worked or not. But it was a fun time. And the, the funnest part was he never knew that I did this until I was giving this talk. And he was in the audience. And I was like, hey, Todd, you, thanks. So... Okay, so anyway, that's Nike. You know, that was fun and, and, and all that, but it's not a real, uh, you know, a very realistic attack, right? You, know, you can maybe do it, but it's not something that I'm going to be very concerned about. This, on the other hand, is an actual attack that I would be worried about if, if I had a phone with NFC. So, um, so you guys probably all know about ATM card skimmers. So these, these criminals, they, they build in this extra little piece onto an ATM, and then when you slide your card in, uh, it reads it, and then maybe they can capture your pin somehow, too. So anyway, the point is, you're using an ATM card in an ATM the way it's designed, and in the process, the bad guy finds out your information. So you could do the same exact thing with NFC. So here is an example of a, 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 like a poster, and the, the idea is you walk up to the poster, and you put your NFC phone against the like picture of the NFC phone, and it gives you a free song, right? Um, so if you take the poster off of the, the mount, which we did, um, you can see here that there's, there's little stickers, right? These stickers are NFC tags. So all you would have to do is rip off one of these stickers and replace it with your evil sticker. And then when someone walks up and puts their phone against the, you know, the, the, the front side of the board, they have no idea whether it's a good sticker or a bad sticker on the back side. And so they think they're getting a free song, and instead they're getting, like, your exploit, right? So this is an attack, and, you know, the screen's on. They really want to use NFC no matter what. Uh, so, so this attack is, is actually legitimate, and I think something that, that you should worry about. So here's another example of one of these, these posters that I saw in the airport one day. It's like, I have a song for you. I have an exploit for you. <laughs> okay, so, so that's, that's the attack. So, so, you know, it's conceivable that if there were vulnerabilities in NFC that you could use one of these methods to attack someone's phone with it. Um, so where, so then I was like, okay, well, it's, it's at least conceivable. So now let's, you know, my job is to find bugs and write exploits. So, uh, so, so let's, let's start thinking about where might there be bugs. So there's basically two spots where they might show up. And they're like low-level code, you know, like drivers and stuff like that. Or it might be in the higher-level code, the, the stuff that uses the NFC. So uh, let me sort of explain for the two. So I, so I looked at two phones. Um, so when I did this research, which was, a, which was about a year ago, 
Uh, they were the only two phones that uh, had NFC at the time. Not a lot more phones do. Every Windows phone uh, has it, as far as I understand. So anyway, and I'll talk, if you remind me, I'll talk about a vulnerability I found in that um, at the end of the talk, but it's not in the slides. Um, so anyway, this is what it looks like in Android, which is one of the phones, uh, the phone I have on, on the stage here that, that has it. So in Android, uh, on, on the low-level side, you've got in the kernel. Inside the kernel, there's a driver, and that driver is in charge of talking to the chip, right? And so that's like all like native code in ring zero. It's very dangerous if there's a bug in there. And then there's a service that runs, an Android service. And, and like most Android services, it's, uh, it's written in Java, right? So not really so, so dangerous there. But there are some native code libraries inside the, 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 the NFC service. Um, so you can imagine like memory corruption bugs or something in those libraries, but the service itself is probably pretty safe. And then on top of that, there's going to be the applications that, that use NFC. And so tags is the default application for an Android for NFC. And then there might be other ones, and I'll talk about that later. But tags is written completely in Java, so it's going to be very difficult to, you're not going to find a memory corruption bug in that. You might find some like crazy logic bug, but for the most part, tags is probably going to be pretty safe. The other phone I looked at was uh, Nokia N9, which uses an operating system called Migo, which is sort of like a, a Linux derivative. So, um, so it sort of has the same kind of general architecture. It's got a kernel with a driver. It's got a service with a bunch of libraries to help parse NFC stuff. And then it's got an application, which in this case is called CONDLGS, which then like displays to the user the, the end result. Um, the biggest difference between Migo and Android is Migo is all native code. So you can imagine memory corruption, buffer overflow kind of bugs, and like all this stuff, right? So um, the question is, can can they uh, can Nokia or Google um, parse NFC and not make a mistake, right? That's basically what I'm what I'm asking. And a lot of people told me when I started this research, uh, Charlie, you're stupid, and and they weren't really even talking about this research, but it turned out that they were right. So like the thing about NFC is on this tag right here, I can only put like something like 250 bytes of data, okay? So that means all Google has to be able to do and all Nokia has to be able to do is successfully parse 250 bytes. That, that should be doable, right? So, uh, you know, it, it doesn't seem like they're going to screw that up. And if they do, it's like maybe there's one bug or something, but there's not going to be like 100 bugs. So, you know, so I was, I sort of thought maybe I'm, I'm going to fail at this, um, but uh, you'll see that, that I didn't. So... So here is, uh, here is an example of, of all the different specifications that describe NFC. So sort of the point of this slide is there's a lot of them. So depending on exactly the type, so the, uh, you know, there's, there's like the low-level physical layers, then RF, and then, you know, higher levels. And then you've got all these different columns are different kinds of cards. So there's like Topaz, MyFair. This one is like called an ultralight tag. So there's different, different kinds of hardware, different kinds of, of software that's used. And then at the top, there's the actual data. So there's a lot of time spent just, you know, reading all these specs if you're a researcher like me. Um, so, so it turns out, like, if you watch hacker movies, uh, which I, I spent a lot of time doing, the, 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 you know, the hackers, like, in fact, I was watching one on the airplane here, and they said, uh, it was, uh, Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles, anyone watch that show? So literally the person said, uh, the mom says to, to John Connor, like, oh look, there's a lock, like, can you hack it? And he says, in my sleep, right? So I w and I thought to myself, what can I hack in my sleep? And I was like, pretty much nothing. And I'm like, I'm pr a pretty good hacker, right? So like, it, it's hard. So anyway, um, so, so in real life, hacking isn't like 
furiously typing for 30 seconds and you're done. Real life is you read specs for a month, which I did, and then you fuzz NFC for like, or you fuzz something for like two months, three months in your basement. So that's hacking. All right, hacking isn't like in my sleep. Um, so anyway, so, so that's what I did. So I wrote a fuzzer to, to fuzz NFC, and um, so as you know, like fuzzing is like you generate test cases that are you know like good input but slightly slightly off, and then you run it, and then you see if the phone you know the NFC service crashes or something, or, or it doesn't. And even though it doesn't crash very often, maybe it crashes one in ten thousand tries. Well, that's a lot if you run a million test cases. So um, so the biggest problem, like fuzzing like a Word document or a PowerPoint document or something is, is pretty easy, right? You change the file, you open it up in your, in your you know, office document or whatever, and then uh, you keep doing that over and over. Like, fuzzing software is really easy. Fuzzing NFC is really hard, because how is NFC supposed to work? NFC is supposed to work, I have a tag, I take a phone, I set it on the tag, it reads it, I remove it, and I look at it, right? And so, like, how, do you, how are you gonna like, do that you know, millions of times, or at least thousands of times? And so at first I tried uh, my intern, and that worked for a couple hours, but then they got mad. So I had to, I had to automate it. So I spent a long time uh, writing software that would, that would do that. And so the way it basically worked was I found a way to, to, to write to this tag uh, with, or no, wait, so what's the way I actually did it was I had an NFC reader, and I was able to make that reader pretend that it was a tag. And this is called card emulation. And so then I just set the reader, I put my phone on the reader, and I would program the reader to say, okay, here's a new, pretend you're this new tag that's bad. And then I would tell the, I would turn off the NFC on the phone, and then I would turn on NFC on the phone, and then the, like from NFC's perspective, that was like me doing this. Boop. And so then it would read the tag, it would say, oh look, oh my god, there's a tag, let me read it. And so then it would read it, and then I would uh, turn off NFC again, and it thought it had been taken away. And then I would look to see if NFC still worked. If it was still working fine, then I knew that nothing bad had happened. If it wasn't working fine anymore on the, you know, the next tag, then I knew something had happened. And so I just did this like thousands and thousands of times. Um, and so because of the pe pe peculiarities of the hardware and the software I chose, I couldn't actually fuzz every single type of NFC. These, the, these like fuzzy green ones are the ones I could do. But I still did a lot of them. Um, so here is what it looked like. And uh, so like it, you know, it's not the John Connor exciting hacking, but it, but it is actual hacking. So that's worth something. So over here you can see this is a Nokia N9, so it just read uh, a good, uh, this is a fuzz test case, and now this is a good test case to make sure it's working still, it worked. This is a bad test case, it says it, you know, there's something wrong with it, of course there's something wrong with it. And then this is a good test case, and this just runs over and over and over in my basement, and the super annoying thing is every time that it reads a tag it goes, bink! And so like it was just bink, bink, which was like sort of cool at first because I was like, wow, I know my fuzzer's working, you know? Like from, from, a, from another room I could tell that I was fuzzing. But then, like, after a while, it was not so cool anymore. So that's why it ended up in my basement. Okay, so here is uh, what it looks like on Android, pretty much the same deal. Uh, so here it, it reads a tag, um, and, you know, this is a good tag, and then it tries to read a bad tag. It's so bad it doesn't actually show up at all. And then if you look, the number changed, so it just read another good tag. So it just keeps, and then it read a bad tag and so on. And so the cool thing is, like, you know, there's not, you're not moving the phone or anything like that. It's just sitting there, and it can just run all night, you know, for months. And then eventually, hopefully, you find some, some crashes or something. So in, in all, I fuzzed, you know, at the time, what was at the time the latest and greatest software for both of these phones um, on a Nexus S and then a Nokia N9. And uh, each, as you saw in the video, each test case takes like five or 10 seconds. So there's gonna be a limit to how much you can actually fuzz. But for each of them, I ran between 30 and 60,000 test cases. It'd be great if I could have run like a million, but I just didn't have time. 
Um, so as soon as I turned on my fuzzer, like I started to see crashes, which is always good if you're an attacker. But the problem was, uh, this is the one I saw like almost immediately. It was in uh, the tags program, which I talked about, which is uh, you know the, the the application that that sort of deals the, the highest level application in Android. Um, and the problem is that this is a Java exception, and so I'm looking for memory corruptions, like low level native code memory corruptions, not Java exceptions. Java exceptions you can't write exploits for, uh, you can't exploit them. Um, you can just sort of annoy the user by by making it say sorry a lot. So, so it was cool that I knew my fuzzer was working, but not so cool that because I couldn't. I couldn't write an exploit. So I kept fuzzing, kept fuzzing, kept fuzzing. Eventually, I got different crashes. So here's one where now instead of tags crashing, it's the NFC service crashing. So I'm, I'm moving down the stack, so that's good. Uh, so I'm sort of making progress in some sense. But again, this is just a Java exception. It's not really a security issue at all, um, but it's sort of just fun to, to see that it, my fuzzer's working. Um, eventually, I started to get some native code crashes. So this is, this is definitely a step in the right direction. Um, so uh, this is one where I, it, it's, it's for two phones, peer-to-peer, -peer, or, or two NFC readers, I should say. But anyway, it's, it's the peer-to-peer -peer communication, and you send like this, this, this evil um, PDE, which is like, sort of like an NFC packet, and uh, you get a crash. So it's like, cool, native code crash. Like this is like, um, I can imagine there being something wrong. But it's, it's actually a null point of reference, which uh, means it's, it's a native code crash, but it's not exploitable. So again, it's like, okay, well, you know, I was excited for a second, but, but now I know that it's not cool. So, uh, but I am making progress. I'm, I'm moving towards native code. Finally, I found an actual vulnerability. So here is, here is the vulnerability in uh, Android, at, which was at the time the latest and greatest. And this is what's uh, called a double free. So if you know about like, exploits and memory corruption, it means like if you, you allocate a buffer and then you free a buffer. That's how it's supposed to work. This is an example. Of, uh, so I'm supposed to be the only one with my phone on. Come on, that's I, when I, when, that's the cool thing is like when I give a talk about mobile security, I get to have my phone on, and uh, you guys don't. So um, anyway, so so in, you're supposed to allocate a buffer and then free a buffer, but this is a case where they allocate a buffer and then they free the buffer and then they free it again, and this is bad because it screws up the way that that memory works. And you can use this to um, normally you can use this to write. Uh, any value you want to any place in memory if you're an attacker, and that's usually enough to get control. So to see where this is, so one of the cool things about Android is, is not everything's open source, but a lot of it is, and the particular spot where this bug is is open source. And so if you look at this line right before the crash, it talks about like lib blah 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 return 00ff, right? So you can just like grep for that in the source, and you'll find it, and it's right here. So you can actually see the, the, the vulnerability is is they, they, they uh, right here, so right here, CB data, they allocate some, some buffer for it, right? Cool. And then if some problem happens, then they free the buffer. And then they go to clean and return. So they jump down here, and then they call, in clean and return, they call data deinit, and that function frees it again. So that's bad. So they're not supposed to do that. Um, and then I went to report this to Google, and Google had actually already found this bug by themselves and had fixed it. So. Uh, that was like awesome that they had done that. The problem is because of the whole way that the Android phones don't get updated very much, is still like most of the phones in the world like have never seen that update. So that so that's an example of maybe a bug that someday I could walk up to you if you haven't updated your phone in a while and take you over your phone if you have NFC. Um, I found some other crashes too. So here's here's crashes that, that die in in for example DL free and. Uh, 
Let me see, do I have a, that's it. So, so anyway, this is one that is definitely exploitable too. If you look at it, it's, it's uh, like the whole thing about if you know memory corruption, it's, there's, a, there's a doubly linked list and it gets overwritten and blah, blah, blah. So that's what exactly this is. Um, I didn't report this one, or except like when I give this talk, I report it every time, I guess, but not specifically to Google. But um, anyway, so this one might, may or may not still be in the NFC code inside of Android, I don't know. Um, so uh, the, the really funny thing is like I have a lot of respect for like Microsoft when it comes to, to writing good software and, um, and, uh, and Google as well, right? But not some, like Nokia, for some reason I was like, well, these guys, like, you know, these guys are total amateur hour. Like I bet you I'm going to kill their software, right? So I fuzzed and I found all those bugs in, in Android. And then when it came time to, to fuzz the Nokia phone, not a single crash. So uh, I was totally wrong. Either my fuzzer was, either I, I was totally amateur hour and my fuzzer didn't work, or their code is like super solid. So anyway, so well done, Nokia. Um, what's that, Nokia rocks? Cool. Oh yeah, 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 Migo is cool. So, um, so yeah, I'll show you some stuff with Migo in a second. So uh, <laughs> anyway, um, no, I, I really do like Migo. If, if, if that, that, that particular phone is kind of slow, but if it had like better hardware, it'd be like an awesome phone. Anyway, uh, so it turns out that the, I spent all this time looking at the low-level code for NFC, and it turns out that I should have been looking at the high-level code. That's where like, all the interesting stuff happens. So, um, and that's what the rest of the talk is about. So, uh, so what I was interested in is apps, not like apps you might, that like one guy somewhere in Denmark downloaded from the App Store or something, right? I want like an app that's on every phone and doesn't require the user to do anything. I want to be able to walk up, you know, stick my sticker, you know, behind your, your, your rear, like in that video, and, and attack your phone, right? It's got to be on every phone, and it's got to, can't require a user to touch anything. So that, that's my, 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 the rules of, of engagement here. So, and, and this is why I, I spent so much time on the low-level stuff, because if you look at your phone, and you hold up a tag to it, this is basically what you see on the three different phones. So uh, this is, uh, this is over here is like um, gingerbread, this is ice cream sandwich, and then this is Migo. So it's like, you know, if, if your NFC tag says hi, then this thing just says hi. It's like super boring. How can they mess that up, right? But it turns out that they're, they, they build, like, new cool features on top of this, and, and this is where all the, like, interesting stuff happens. So in Android, they, they, they added something called Beam. In Nokia, they added something, two things, actually, one called content sharing, one called Bluetooth pairing. And then Samsung wasn't happy enough with, with their Android Beam. They added their own thing called S-Beam. And each of these turns out to have like uh, a very critical vulnerability associated with it. Okay, so let's talk about Android Beam. So it, it started an ice cream sandwich, and the idea is you can you can beam your content to to someone else. And the really funny thing is, you see, it says touch the beam. So the person who sends it has to touch, but the person who receives it, it just shows up. You don't get a chance to say no. Um, so so you can quickly identify all the applications that that register for the the for NFC intent, which is like the way that Android works. And so it turns out there's tags, which we already knew about, contacts, so I can send you like a phone number, and the browser, right? So these are the three apps that I can beam stuff to. Um, so, so this is a problem, right? So like here is, here's, a, here's how beam works, basically. So I put, I, I, I give a tag to NFC, and now it opens up a web page, right? So what has happened is like Google can, can almost parse 250 bytes successfully. But there's no, but as soon as they let me open up a web page, that means they have to be able to parse 
you know, they have to have a perfect web browser, and, and they don't have one of those. So now the, the attack service isn't 250 bytes of, of NFC stuff. It's HTML, JavaScript, you know, image formats, video formats, fonts, all sorts of stuff, right? And, uh, and that's difficult, right? So, so they, don't know how to, they don't know how to write a perfect web browser. And so any web browser bug or exploit, I can get to it through NFC. So here's a demo I'll show you. So uh, these are a couple of gentlemen who helped me with this. They did a lot of the hard work. So, um, so they get their picture in my slides. Okay, so let's see here uh, if I can make this work. So, okay, so what's going to happen here? Hopefully. So here is, so it's, it's going to be my dream come true, so, if it works. Uh, so here is a phone, right, and here's a, here is an evil tag. And so what, what's going to happen, whoa, you can, you're seeing the wrong thing. All you see is his head. Boop, here we go. Don't look at all this stuff above that. Let's see if I, okay, so what's going to happen, hopefully, is the tag just has a URL on it. So I'm going to put the tag to the phone. It, the phone's going to open up the, the evil web page, and that web page has a vulnerability in it. Uh, it, has a, it has an exploit that's going to exploit the web browser, and then it's going to get me a shell. So the idea is touch a tag, get a shell. So let's see if it works. So I touch a tag. Let's see if. So it opens up a web browser. So if you were a user, you might be like, hey, what happened? Oh, like it's nothing. It's just back to my home screen. Cool. So, so nothing bad happened, right? But if you look up on the screen, I actually have a shell on the phone. Uh, I can't actually see what I'm typing, but hopefully it works. So like, I'm like there's LS. Ah, I mistyped it. It's hard to hack in front of people. I could do this in my sleep, though. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, so I touched a tag, I got a shell, uh, and, and I reported this to, to Google, and I was like, you know, this is really serious. I touched a tag, and I got a shell. And their response was, no worries, we fixed that bug in the web browser. And I said, well, great. But, like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm less concerned with that one particular bug than I am with the fact that I can open up any web page I want on your phone by just getting near you. And they're like, yeah, but we like that. That's, that's a feature. That's not a, that's not a bug. <laughs> so Android phones still have this feature. So um, just, just be aware of that. All right. So uh, this is in case it failed. That's the video. Okay, so, so the problem with, with, with letting you open up a web page is, is that um, this was the attack service I thought tags, but the real web service or the real attack service is the web browser, which is very big. So that's that's a very different problem, and it's not not ideal. So that's that's Android. Let's move on to Nokia. So uh, one of the problems with uh, with Android is you, you get your phone out of the box. It's got NFC on. All you can do is turn it off. There's not like a, a button that says like protect me or I'm really paranoid. I don't want this to like open up web pages or something. It's like on or off. That's it. Nokia had one more option, which was very promising, called confirm sharing and connecting. Like this sounded like exactly what I wanted to do, uh, what I wanted on my phone, but it turns out it didn't actually work. So here is, uh, I have confirm sharing on, if you saw quickly. Um, also, you can check that I have Bluetooth off because it turns out Bluetooth is important. Um, so I, I put my phone down and it, it automatically starts to send me over uh, a document. So in this case, it's sending me a PowerPoint. It's like, well, okay, it's sending me a PowerPoint. I, I don't mind receiving files, right? It's, it's sort of nice. Um, but, oh my God, it's opening the file. So um, it actually, so you can send, you can't open up a web page, but you can send like tons and tons of evil stuff. So you can send images, videos, sounds, and worst of all, documents. You can send PDFs, Word documents, 
PowerPoint presentations, spreadsheets. So it's like, if Microsoft can't make Office not have vulnerabilities, there's no way that Nokia can make a whole Office suite not have vulnerabilities. Um, so again, it's the same story. Like, I thought the attack service was this, but the attack service really was this, which is a lot, uh, a lot worse. So I started to look for, I'm running out of time, so I'll sort of jump through this, but basically I started to look for some, some bugs. Uh, it turned out that Nokia actually shipped their software with like known bugs. Um, but, but I wanted to find my own bugs. I don't like to use other people's bugs. So I, I found a few in PowerPoint and, and PDF. And then I found this, this like really funny bug in, in the way that, uh, K-Office works. So like here's, here's an, so, cause they use, so this is a K-Office bug that's actually in Migo as well. Um, I reported this. It's fixed in Migo, the latest version. Uh, so here's an example. They, they allocate a buffer from, from this, uh, it was a Word document, I think. Um, and then it reads in some, some value. And then it copies uh, into the buffer it allocated the number of bytes it read from here. So you can control how big the buffer is. You can control how much data it copies. And you control all the data. This is a very uh, classic example of a heap overflow that you could write an exploit for. But I didn't because it turned out there was an easier way to do it. So if you Google Nokia N9 NFC, basically you find 100 versions of this video. Um, so it's like the guy's jamming out to his music. Then he sets it next to the speaker, and then like magically the speaker starts jamming out to his music. So it's like, so I saw this and I was like, that's kind of cool. I bought one of those speakers, and then I was like, how the hell does that work? Like, there's got to be a problem with this, right? Things shouldn't happen like this. Um, so I looked into it, and it turns out that the way it works is that the uh, there's there's this NFC tag that basically sets up a Bluetooth connection between the speaker and the phone. And this is actually what that confirmed sharing and connecting thing is all about, is this Bluetooth thing. It's not about like sending over a Word document. So uh, anyway, I was like, well, I know. I I'm going to pretend to be a speaker, and I'm going I'm to set up a Bluetooth connection. Because it turns out my whole life, I wanted a root shell on your phone. But what I really wanted was this. I wanted Bluetooth on your phone. So if I can get a Bluetooth connection to your phone, I can do all sorts of cool stuff. So here's, here's a video of that. So here's an NFC tag. Here's a phone. You'll notice that uh, Bluetooth is off on the phone. Um, and then I'm going to uh, present the tag to the phone. So this is what the user would see, a little blue bar, and that's it. Right? So then, uh, and that's it. That's the attack is over, right? So I, I, then I've, on my computer, you can see that I've actually paired my computer with the, the NFC phone. Um, and so here you can do things like mount the, the file system of the phone onto my computer, which I just did. And then you can do whatever you want with it. You can read all the files. You can, you can put files on the phone. You can do whatever you want. Um, for the sake of, uh, of the time, i maybe speed this up a little bit, but I can't see the. You'll just have to watch it. So anyway, so, so there's all these files. You can see like you'll get all the pictures they've taken, all their other pictures. Um, you can get, uh, you know, like if they have any documents, any of their music, whatever. So cool, files are great. But the thing that makes attacking phones fun is that it's a phone. It's not, it's not a computer. So you can do stuff that like only phones can do. Like here, I'm going to send a text message. So as an attacker, I send a text message on the phone. And um, it's just that. It's like you type one command line. It's, it's not like you don't need shell code. You don't need uh, you know, heap sprays or anything like that. It's just this is a feature. So here's the text message showed up on my phone. Um, and then like you, you can do other cool stuff like uh, get their contacts. You can read their SIM card. You can, you can even dial the phone. Um, so, so here is, here is, it's just like one more minute and I'll be done. 
So here is, here is reading their, their contacts off their SIM card, which is something that would probably be hard to do from like uh, an exploit, a traditional exploit in like a web browser, but it's like very easy to do if you're in the case of Bluetooth. So, and then the, the final thing here is you can actually just pull up the dialer and dial their phone. It's really awesome. So, okay, so that's it. So, uh, the, you know, the, it's, it's pretty cool. If you turn on the confirm, sharing, and connecting, you get this. So, so if you have a Nokia 9, do that. Um, so, so what's the fix for this? Uh, I don't know exactly. But definitely like letting the user know that, that, you know, giving the user the option to at least accept before stuff happens would be nice. Um, so, so NFC, I, I, I open sourced all my tools, so if you want to play with NFC, please uh, download them and, and mess with them. You can run the fuzzer at your house. Uh, um, but, but be aware that NFC is an attack service, and, and this has like been going on with all new technologies introduce new attack services. So every, anytime you, you introduce something new, think about the security of it. There's a lot of people who helped me, and that's it. Thank you. Thank you.